Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, Editor-in-Chief at BuffaloRumlings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumlings Podcast Network. The Buffalo Bills put a beatdown on the Washington football team on Sunday, their second straight impressive performance. This one had a lot more offense than last week, even though they scored five touchdowns both weeks. Uh, it just felt a heck of a lot better uh, to see the Buffalo Bills offense being able to move the ball at will against a defense that some folks thought was going to be really good coming into the season. So it was just a really nice um, nice victory for the Bills to get to make fans feel better, probably to make themselves feel better, and uh, really hit the ground running here to, to build an early lead in the AFC East and the AFC in general. So before we get into any more comments from the game, I wanted to remind you, you could call in your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. We want to make it a point to get the voicemail line back up and active this week. You can send us a tweet at Rumlings Q&A. That's where most of our questions come from. Um, you can send us an email, buffalorumlings at sbnation.com. Uh, Facebook and Instagram messages to the official Buffalo Rumlings account will get to me as well. But there are tons of ways for you to share your questions. And after a big win like this, a, a mostly complete win, we usually get fewer questions and you know that's fine and dandy and all that stuff but especially when you look around the AFC even when you look at the Bills like they're beating up on bad teams there are still questions uh, about this team and so and specifically about you know players individual players so uh, we've obviously got a lot to cover in this week's episode so let's get to my takeaways from the game it starts with the big guy at the top Reports of Josh Allen's demise have been greatly exaggerated. Uh, his regression, whatever. Like, I, I never felt like that was the case. You know, people can go through slumps, and I thought Josh Allen had a slump at the beginning of the season. Part of it was because of he had a new receiver at the top of the food chain there with, with Emmanuel Sanders being the new number two receiver and not having a ton of time to get on the same page with them. You know, I think we were a little bit spoiled seeing Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen get on the same page so quickly, but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here. Um, I wore my Josh Allen jersey uh, to work on Friday before the game, and I told all of my students um, that he was ready for his breakout game, and I really felt like it was going to happen uh, against the Washington football team. Allen came through for me. Um, I, I'm totally going to rub it in all of my students' faces that I was completely right about it being the Josh Allen game. Um, you know, he it took him 35 minutes to get to 100 yards in week two um, against the 
Miami Dolphins. But in that same amount of time this week, he had 300 passing yards. So obviously a lot better. They pulled him with just over five minutes left in the game. Uh, He was 32 of 43 for 358 yards, four passing touchdowns. And another touchdown on the ground. So just a really all-around nice game from him. You know, if, if Washington had any sort of offense to speak of, Allen would have easily passed 400 yards passing. But uh, they just didn't need him to. Um, so it just it was a really nice game from him. Uh, he made all the throws he's been missing. He made down-the-field throws. He made throws on the move. He threw to spots and anticipated well. It just it, it all seemed to come together for him this week which takes me to my next point Emmanuel Sanders and Josh Allen are finally on the same page like I said earlier we were spoiled with how quickly Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen meshed but you know looking back losing John Brown and expecting Emmanuel Sanders to come in and have this instant chemistry with with Josh Allen probably wasn't you know the easiest or the um, the best expectations for that you know outside of that one play action pass in week two where they were able to connect for the 35 yard over the top they just they've been off by a couple yards here and there really all season in those first two games but in this game they were not off uh four for four for 89 yards and a really nice receiving touchdown uh before halftime that was the first score of the game where Allen leaks out to the right side after he gets some pressure in his face and you know, it was one another one of those schoolyard plays that, you know, Sanders just tries to get open um, as he's making his break. Allen throws it to a spot where only Sanders can get it uh, with a massive amount of arm strength off of a moving base, um, th- whatever it was, 35, 40 yards into the end zone for Sanders to make the shoestring catch. And he plucks it off the ground. It was just great communication between the two of them. Um, I think on that play, the play design was supposed to be a leak out to the left to Devin Singletary. Um, You see Allen turn his head towards Singletary, but then Cody Ford and Darrell Williams were getting pushed back into him. So he had to roll out to his right and find Sanders. That's why I called it a little bit of a schoolyard play. The whole play design was supposed to go to the left, and they ended up going to the right into the back of the end zone, and it worked out um, because they were able to be on the same page a little bit. And, you know, Sanders is a a heady veteran. Um, After that, Allen lofted a gorgeous pass to Sanders, uh, putting air under the ball to let Sanders pluck it. And that was going in the opposite direction. Uh, in the second quarter. Uh, it's just a really nice you know, arc on the ball uh, to get it over the defender and into Sanders' hands. In the third quarter, Allen found Sanders in the back of the end zone for another touchdown. Um, it was just another beautiful play, um, but they weren't able to hook up for the two-point conversion. It was the only time that Sanders was targeted but didn't catch it, and it doesn't show up in the stats because it was a two-point conversion. Uh, he finished with five catches, 94 yards, and and the two touchdowns. It was just a really – like, is was the Emmanuel Sanders breakout game. It was, uh, it was really nice to see. There was a couple problems on special teams again. Um, the Bills signed Andre Roberts a couple years ago because they didn't trust Isaiah McKenzie to handle punt return duties. And – while there have been a couple questionable things early in the season, there was a, a muffs punt at one point 
a couple decisions by Isaiah McKenzie to either fair catch when he had some room in front of him or not fair catch and let the ball bounce uh, down inside the 10-yard line. You know, there were a couple times where it was a little bit iffy, but like you didn't feel, I don't know, too worried about it yet, I guess. But then when the kickoff drops right in front of Isaiah McKenzie, it's a live football because he didn't run up and attack the ball as it hung up in the air. So I'm certainly not saying that I could do that job, but like that's what he's paid to do. That's why he one of the reasons he's on this roster. Um, the kickoff return fumbles or crumbles are one of the most backbreaking types of turnovers. You know, the Bills defense had just given up a 75-yard catch and run touchdown um, on a screen pass. You know, they were already dejected, you know, they, but they didn't even get a chance to like catch their breath because as soon as, you know, that turned around, McKenzie messes up on that kickoff and Washington recovers it. And then they use the short field to score another touchdown. I mean, the Bills within the course of four minutes gave up 14 points where their defense had been playing just absolutely stellar all game. So it was a really demeaning fumble or it wasn't a fumble he just it just landed in front of him he didn't catch it so I that was a bad mistake by Isaiah McKenzie I don't think they're going to end up going to Marquez Stevenson when he because he's eligible to return from injured reserve now that the Bills have played three games I don't think they're going to go to him but I mean at least in the back of your mind it's just it might be another need this offseason and McKenzie's on a one-year deal so just keep thinking about it um to start the second half, uh, Tyler Bass kicked it out of bounds. Um, that means Washington starts at the 40. And it went out of bounds inside the 10. So if he picks it up and returns it to the 25, you know, okay. If it goes into the end zone, it comes out to the 25, okay. That ended up being like a 15-yard penalty for kicking it out of bounds because they ended up starting at the 40. Um, if you add that to the blocked punt, Buffalo's special teams have been really dicey so far this year especially for a team that keeps so many dedicated special teamers on their roster. So that's interesting. Um, at the end of the first half, we saw some shades of Brady and what the, you know, the Bills had to put up with for a long time against Tom Brady. In their own end, with 26 seconds left on the clock, I just, I was surprised. The Bills decided to be aggressive and go for more points at the end of the first half. 26 seconds. Uh, they really used all of those 26 seconds too. Uh, a 13-yard pass, a 22-yard pass, 11 more to Diggs, and then uh, Buffalo got into field goal range. They had six seconds left, and even then you're kind of s sitting there thinking to yourself, okay, six seconds left, they're probably going to kick the field goal, but they didn't. They ran another play to get five more yards in four seconds, so there's only two seconds left on the clock. Uh, which meant that you know even if they missed it, it wasn't going to be that big of a deal. Uh, Washington wouldn't be able to even try a Hail Mary or anything, trickeration like that. Uh, but Tyler Bass ended up hitting it, a uh, 48-yard field goal as time expired. You know, the Bills were able to mount a very, very, very successful drive at the end of the first half. And uh, it was really cool to see. Like I said, I, I wasn't expecting them to do it. Um, I wouldn't have thought twice about them taking a knee there. Um, but I'm glad that they were aggressive. I mean, I, I typically call for them to be more aggressive in those situations, so I was glad they did it. Um, and then finally, the, the Bills' defense was outstanding again. Um, the Washington football team scored 21 points, but seven came with a short field after the kickoff debacle, and another seven came on that one play, the 75-yard uh, catch and run by Antonio Gibson on a screen pass. 
obviously, if you take that play out, the Bills were even better, but they still held uh, Washington under 300 total yards. Um, they shut out the Miami Dolphins last week and held the, the football team mostly in check on Sunday. Three turnovers on great, great, great plays from the secondary. Um, they really do have a chance to be a complete team. Um, they have an elite-level defense at times. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens when they play against, you know, actually good quarterbacking, um, which we'll get to a little bit later. But, like, you know, Ben Roethlisberger able to get the pass, the ball out very quickly. He wasn't super successful on offense, uh, but obviously they won the game. You know, what's going to be able to happen when the Chiefs can roll out three or four wide and spread out the Bills defense and get the ball out very quickly to avoid the pass rush. You know, they're going to have to keep working on that front four. Um, the front four wasn't able to get a ton of pressure on uh, Taylor Heineke uh, against the Washington football team. They didn't register a sack and they really didn't weren't able to like disrupt him a lot, but they dropped a lot of guys in coverage and didn't really mix up the, um, the blitz scheme. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they defend Mahomes when they get to that game. Um, but for right now, the defense is outstanding, um, and, and I'm pretty glad to report that. Um, Washington was just 2 of 11 on third down conversions. Again, big, big, important news. All right, those are my takeaways from the game. Uh, when we come back from this quick break, I've got a few questions to tackle uh, going into week four. Don't go anywhere. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, let's start the questions with a voicemail. You can send in your voicemail questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. Hey, how's it going? This is Pat. I'm a lifelong Bills fan from Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, my question is I wanted to know if, it, um, if it's wrong to feel a little disappointed that Josh Allen only scored five touchdowns instead of seven. I think uh, – I think he left a couple uh, points on the field. I think he uh, could have turned some of those field goals into touchdowns. And um, being a little facetious, I just think it's uh, kind of interesting after years and years of losing. We've got this guy who comes along and uh, scores, you know, 35-0 to zero last week, and we feel a little disappointed in that. And then we come and we get a uh, – comes back and he scores five touchdowns and 
Now, um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little disappointed that we didn't go over 50 points this week. Anyway, I just want to hear your comments. Thanks. Love the show. Well, thanks for calling in from Baltimore. Um, it's a city I've only briefly visited, not enough to enjoy um, some of the restaurants or things like that. Um, but um, I do think it's interesting, like you do, that we had, like last week especially, after the 35 nothing win, you know, the Bills score five touchdowns and people are like, what's wrong with the offense? But legitimately, there were concerns, and I know I talked about them on the show. Um, Bruce Nolan talks about this a lot. It's not that you win. It's about how you win is more indicative of future success. And when Allen was missing a lot of those passes, um, throwing interceptable balls, missing receivers, like that's a concern because if we get a game like that in the playoffs, are they going to be able to overcome that against a good team? Now, they were able to overcome that against a mediocre team in the Miami Dolphins because their defense played lights out. And I think maybe that's the, the takeaway we needed to take from that game is that even when one phase of the offense isn't clicking on all cylinders, we can still really lay the smackdown on another team with another phase of our game. And obviously this week, you know, both phases played uh, fairly well against the Washington football team. Um, as far as Josh Allen scoring more against Washington, I was a tad bit disappointed uh, at the two-minute warning with the play calling. It wasn't necessarily Josh Allen. Uh, on first and goal, Washington's seven-yard line, Zach Moss uh, got two yards. Then it was that um, Josh Allen quarterback draw play for two more yards, and it was uh, third um, and goal from the Washington three, and um, he was forced from the pocket, had to throw it away, and that was right before uh, the half. It You know, the Bills were only up seven points at that point in time. So they were still playing like they needed to put down Washington. And yeah, they were able to get a field goal and then another one right before uh, halftime because of that great drive at the end of the first half. But that was a disappointing sequence for the offense inside the red zone. Against Miami, they were able to score every time they went into the red zone. Not so much against Washington on this drive. When you look later in the game, they had that interception uh, in Washington territory, um, Josh Allen had the incomplete pass to Reggie Gilliam. Uh, a, a Devin Singletary run had a nice run, and then it was an incomplete pass on third and four at Washington's 11. So both twice in the red zone, they weren't able to convert to touchdowns. They were able to get field goals. So, I mean, I know that your point was facetious, but th those are obviously two things left on the field. And against better opponents, they might come back and kick you in the butt. Not every team is going to be perfect, but, you know, it's okay to be disappointed about those two drives for sure and the way that they were able to um, to play in the red zone, especially off that interception, right? They get the ball at Washington's 17-yard line and come away with a field goal on a three and out. It's just not great. They did the same thing in, what was it, week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had that great uh, kickoff return from Isaiah McKenzie and really weren't able to do a whole lot with it. So, you know, there's coming off of turnovers or big plays, you know, sometimes what we want is them, you know, to put the dagger in and they haven't been able to do that so far this year. So, yeah, I mean, it's okay to be a little bit, you know, disappointed on some of those. Obviously, we're not disappointed with the game as a whole, but again, we keep looking toward 
it, it doesn't matter if they can beat Washington in week three. It doesn't even matter if they can beat Miami in week two. What matters is can they beat X team in the playoffs? Can they beat the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs? Can they beat the Baltimore Ravens? Um, I can't even believe I'm saying it. The Las Vegas Raiders, the Denver Broncos, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, can they beat those teams in the playoffs? I mean, obviously they can, but you know that's what we're more concerned with right now. So um, it just it, I, I love the perspective shift in Bills fans going from, you know, oh man, I just wish they would put together a complete game versus, oh man, I'm disappointed that they didn't drop a 50 burger in week three. So I love it too. It, it, that's what makes this team fun to watch right now, honestly, is that we know that they can drop a 50 burger each week. Uh, so that's been fun. Thanks for your call on our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. Over to Twitter, where Ron from New Mexico asks us, it looks to me like Rousseau continues to get sucked in by misdirection plays instead of say, staying home and cutting off the reverse. Any chance you can look at these types of plays and see if that is really happening? Any signs of improvement over three games, if that's the case? Uh, he specifically mentioned the first offensive play after the McKenzie screw up uh, receiver reverse to the defense's left. Um, he says he saw Rousseau jump inside instead of keeping contained. I did see one later in the game where he stayed home, but it wasn't a misdirection play. Okay, lots of stuff in there. Let's go back. Ron asked me this question after the week one game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And every time I go back and look at that play, I keep coming away with the same thought. Is that you know Rousseau lined up on the left edge of the defense. Uh, but there was a close set wide receiver just to his, well, Rousseau's left. So the right of the offensive formation. As soon as the snap comes, he's down blocked by that wide receiver. And it's an end around uh, for, the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the cornerback that's playing man coverage on that receiver, once he down blocks, it's now that cornerback's job to keep contained. And that cornerback does not do that. Um, you... You see the, the wide receiver get outside. Um, it looks, I, I'm trying to see who it is. It's not Tredavious White. He's deep. Oh, it's Taron Johnson. Taron Johnson's the one that gets um, caught inside on that end around. And then the Steelers are able to bring it down to the goal line where they would ultimately score field goal after a nice stop by the defense on third and goal. The specific play you mentioned against Washington, I didn't see it. Looking at the game notes, it says that Taron Johnson and Rousseau were the ones that made the tackle on that first play after McKenzie's misstep. Um, the wide receiver Sims goes around the right end for seven yards. Um, I would assume that Rousseau was there and maybe didn't get containment on that play. Uh, but to your point where you said that you know he had containment later in the game, I, I talked to a couple other people who regularly watch film for us over at buffalorumlinks.com. I talked to Dan Lavoie and Bruce Nolan and Jeff Kontrowski, um, and all three of those guys hadn't noticed a Greg Rousseau problem. Um, and even if we, he is having a problem on misdirection contain or something like that, it's certainly a correctable one and one that you would expect from a young guy. I haven't noticed it personally. Um, so if, if it is happening, it, it's certainly not super obvious. We'll see if 
other offenses can start to take advantage of it um, going into the future. But it's not something that I've clocked as you know, a major concern for Greg Russo. Thanks for your question um, over at Rumblings Q&A on Twitter. Uh, please send in your questions for next week's episode using that Twitter handle at Rumblings Q&A with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can send us a voicemail 716-508-0405 like a friend from Baltimore did today. You can send us emails Rumblings at sbnation.com. You can send us Facebook and Instagram messages as well to get your questions to us over here. Uh, the Bills face the Texans. The Texans are coming off of an extended break. They played the previous Thursday night, so they have um, what, 9-10 days to get ready for the Bills. Uh, but they're starting their third string quarterback um, who did not play well um, in, in the Week 2 matchup. So it's going to be a very interesting game for the Buffalo Bills defense. Uh, a game where you know the Bills are favored by 17 points or, or somewhere in that neighborhood. So should be a fun game to watch this Sunday. Go Bills!